episode 16, America's Heritage of Christian Character. Welcome to the Principles and Practice podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're opening up with Ephesians 4.13, and it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And for clarification, stature means maturity in this context. So unto the measure of the maturity of the fullness of Christ in our Christian character. So speaking of character, we're going to use Webster's 1828 to define character. We're going to use the fourth definition. And it is the peculiar qualities impressed by nature or habit on a person, which distinguish him from others. These constitute real character and the qualities which he is supposed to possess, uh, constitute his estimated character or reputation. Hence we say a character is not formed when the person has not acquired stable and distinctive qualities. And now we're going to define the uh, statement of the principle. Uh, This is from... Neander, Memorials of a Christian Life from 1852. To quote him, at this divine power of the gospel revealed itself in the heathen and the lives of Christians, which showed forth the virtues of him who had called them out of darkness into his marvelous light and enabled them to walk as the children of God in the midst of a perverse generation among whom they shone as lights in the world. The whole life of the Christian from the beginning to the end is a conflict with the world and the powers of darkness and conflict within and without. So John Adams wrote a letter to Zabdiel Adams on June 21st, 1776. And Zabdiel Adams was actually a minister. His father was an uncle to John Adams. So you have a letter to a relative going on. He said, Statesman, my dear sir, may plan and speculate for liberty, but it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. The only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. And if this cannot be inspired into our people in a greater measure than they have it now, they may change their rulers and the forms of government, but they will not obtain a lasting liberty. They will only exchange tyrants and tyrannies. If that isn't fitting for today... So what kind of character issues do we see today? Here are some headlines that, that Max Lyons had put together for our course at the Foundation for American Christian Education. Beach Woman gets four years for taking $70,000 from business. U.S. indicts soccer officials in alleged $150 million bribery scheme. Man sells fake Rolex watch for $3,800. Politician indicted for, you fill in the blank, there's lots of things out there that have happened. Special Ops Commander fired for repeated public intoxication. And what is at the root of all of these? The love of money is at the root of all of these examples. And the love of money is the root of all evil. So those are maybe considered by some people to be bigger character issues. If that's the way that you know some people think then let's look at what some people might consider to be little character issues today 
So when you borrow it. Return it. If it is not yours. Don't take it. If you accidentally hurt someone. Make it right. When authority directs you. Obey. If it's righteous authority. That's true. But when you use something of mine. Take care of it. When tempted to gossip. Don't. Show respect to others. Parents. (laughs) (laughs) Max Lyons had given an example. He said, in, you know, when you're tempted to gossip, confess your own sins, not someone else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look at Jesus as a middle schooler. Um, so we look at Luke 2.51 through 52. And um, it says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. There's that word stature again. What does that mean again? Maturity. So Mary was discerning. She was discerning, and it shows that she had a character training plan in place. Mm-hmm. She taught him the laws in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. She taught him about the Ten Commandments and then other laws that had to do with prophecies that associ- were associated with Christ. Mm-hmm. What is biblical character? Well, Proverbs 31.10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies. There's that word virtue again. 2 Kings 12.15 says, Moreover, they reckoned not with the men, into whose hand they delivered the money to be bestowed on workmen, for they dealt faithfully. Oh, there's a key word, faithfully. Let's go ahead and take a quick moment to look at faithfully. Um, I think it's a word that tends to get used a lot. We tend to maybe think that a lot of times we're being faithful in things, but it always helps to go back to Webster's 1828 Dictionary to get the biblical worldview definition and then just ask ourselves if we are being faithful in our studies in the word or anything that we commit to. So faithfully is an adverb in a faithful manner with good faith with strict adherence to allegiance and duty applied to subjects, with strict observance of promises, vows, covenants, or duties, without failure of performance, honestly, exactly. The treaty or contract was faithfully executed. Sincerely, with strong assurances, he faithfully promised. Honestly, truly, without defect, fraud, trick, or ambiguity. The battle was faithfully described or represented. They supposed the nature of things to be faithfully signified by their names, confidently, steadily. It's always interesting to me to see different words that are connected to another word. I don't think I ever necessarily considered confidently to be a trait that was connected to being faithful. Yeah, that is very interesting. I never thought of that either. Either it's confidently or steadily. Um, also, with uh, we look at definition number five, you know, honestly, truly, without defect, fraud or trickery, just people doing faithfully doing their job comes to mind. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. And you can do it when you're faithful. You can do it with confidence. Yeah. So, anyway, I always like those little 
nuggets there that you come across mm-hmm. when looking at the definitions. Yeah. Continuing onward with what biblical character is like, of course, we would look at Jesus because he's the standard for all of us. And there are some passages in scripture here. There's 1 John 3, 2 that we'll look at where it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then 2 Peter 1, 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then lastly, we'll look at Romans 8.29. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. There's a list of character traits that we can turn to that makes it rather easy to look at the character traits of Jesus. GraceOnlineLibrary.org is a resource that you may want to turn to. It has a list of the 49 character traits of Christ with Bible references. And just to list off the first few, there's alertness versus awareness, attentiveness versus unconcern, availability versus self-centeredness, boldness versus fearfulness, cautiousness versus rashness and so it just goes on through all these different character traits and their counter traits and again there's biblical references that you can look at and a really great tool to use would be a t-chart to do a comparison and Mm -hmm. contrast between christ's character and then just the selfish nature of mankind And then, of course, when we're talking about character traits with our children, not to belabor things, of course, but just choose some of the words to go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary of the English Language and look up the biblical definitions of them. It really does add a lot of clarity, and then it points our children always back to the Lord and what the Bible says. And, you know, for instance, you could look up appreciative and talk about the definition they don't have to write or copy the definitions down all the time but you can even just talk about them and have conversations about them so going back to the word appreciative you can just talk about how it means expressing in words actions and thought thankfulness to god and others for the ways they have served you know your child or or you can just give examples of how you've been thankful for when that's been done toward you. And then, of course, using a coordinates, you can go to the Bible and look up Bible verses that talk about appreciation or thanksgiving. First Thessalonians 5.18 is an example, and that says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, of course, in our Christian walk, and then also as parents and raising our children, accountability is very important. Mm -hmm. And when we're discussing about accountability with our children, of course, it's important to address truthfulness. So, truthfulness is being full of the truth. It's earning trust by reporting facts accurately. And then, Again, always going to the Word of God. You know, there's Ephesians 4.25 that says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. 
And again, I think that goes back to faithfulness and, you know, tying it in with being honest with people, not having any uh, ambiguity or deceit behind what you're saying as clever as people think they are when they do things like that, it's actually harmful to relationships and not what God is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. It all ties in with character, of course, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Webster's 1828 Dictionary naturally has a definition for character. Mm-hmm. For the context of this conversation, we'll look at definitions 1, 4, and 7, and they are as follows. To scrape, cut, engrave a mark made by cutting or engraving an example given is i saw the angel in the marble and carved until i set him free that's a quote by michelangelo and that's really the process that god takes people through he's Mm -hmm. cutting away at the natural man to reveal the christ-like character that as we develop it you know, or maybe where we need to actually... He's carving out our character. Carving out our character, right. We need to, you know, where we need to work on it and conform to Christ's character mm-hmm. and making a beautiful piece out of us. Mm-hmm. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. That's from John 15, 2. Character defined, when we're talking about the fourth definitions, it's the peculiar quality impressed by nature or habit on a person which distinguish him from others. These constitute real character, and the qualities which he is supposed to possess constitute his estimated character or reputation. Hence, we say a character is not formed when the person has not acquired stable and distinctive qualities. Now, oftentimes we look at using children's literature as a tool to have conversations with our children. And I think probably more than ever, we have to be very particular about the books that we you know, choose to have in our family libraries or borrow from a library or what have you. Um, it used to be once upon a time that books would address character traits like honesty and dishonesty, effects of disobedience. There would be stories about faithful shepherd boys or, you know, smoking and drinking and the cause to effect of those things. Um, you know, punctuality and is there a problem with the character if they show up late as a habit versus being punctual? Or... Forgiveness when there was something that happened that needed to be forgiven. So they're look, working on the, you know, the character qualities in the book and and teaching those qualities that are are good and right. Right, and those are the things that help to shape a person, especially if you're wanting to intentionally raise your children and also give yourself those reminders. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. On Christian self-government with your character and then always it always goes back to the question of who or what is in control who are mm-hmm. you choosing um, or what are you choosing to govern yourself under so literature is a great way to be able to introduce those conversations to your children of course the Bible as mm-hmm. well you know Bible is literature um, as well as history 
But nowadays, a lot of the books have content in it that are contrary to what God teaches and what God designed. So the enemy knows the power of literature as well. That's a very valid point. He does. And, um, I mean, it comes in the form of comic books mm-hmm. and fiction, and historical fiction, and especially if you have children that are avid readers and they're ready for the next book. Mm-hmm. You know, if they read a large chapter book in a day, they're ready for the next one. What are you going to do? So one of the resources that we really like is the Family Read Aloud program that is a part of the No Plan curriculum. They did a fabulous job putting together a list of um, literature that is high quality and that gives you those opportunities to have these character-forming discussions and examples with our children. We sell that in our store if you're interested in checking that out at principledacademy.com. The grammar books used to be filled with you know, sentences and things to consider when mm-hmm. it comes to character as well. Versus the modern English grammar, there's a lot of things being introduced to children in grammar that are not true. Mm-hmm. And so even in every subject, you need to be weighing whether or not it's humanist and secular in nature, you know, pagan in nature, or if it's actually something that is centered on God and the gospel. I've always wondered why they um, have new editions of books. Right. It does make you pause and ponder, doesn't it? Because what is the need for that? Mm -hmm. If you understand the purpose of the school system and the intent behind it, and you see how there's been a complete reshaping you know, or an attempt at completely reshaping our culture as Americans, then you get a glimpse of why they are constantly pushing out, quote-unquote, new curriculum. Mm-hmm. So going back to the word character, it's to mark or impress. You, you know, when you meet somebody, they impress you in one way or another, or you impress somebody else mm-hmm. one way or another, and Hebrews thirteen seven gives us the reminder of remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. So our conduct does give impressions to other people and it's considered to be like, not literally, but like a fifth gospel. Most people won't read the four Gospels, but they'll read the fifth one, and that's you and how you live your life. Mm -hmm. So character is formed by modeling or imitation. 1 Corinthians 4.16 says, Wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. And character is, they say, formed to a great degree by the age of six. So everything we say, everything we do, how we respond to holy God in situations, our own habits that we have, you know, what we allow and introduce into our homes with music or literature or film, Mm -hmm. all of that is being carefully watched and absorbed by our children. And I think that goes, you know, 
So it's important to develop good habits and routines to help our children form those character traits early that will help them throughout their life. Because mm-hmm. we talked about earlier about God carving out our character, and that's what we want. We want God to carve out our character, not those bad influences around us. And by keeping track of those, we can help form a proper character. Mm -hmm. And something else to consider is the importance of the role of the parents, because Mm. more or earlier and earlier on in a child's life, there's this push to have the children further away from the parents. We talked about that a little bit in the last podcast Mm -hmm. with the school system, but Isn't it interesting that in some states, the compulsory age for school is six years old? It used to be seven in some states. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that they have a compulsory age to begin with at all. But, you know, you also have a lot of times children are in daycare centers or, you know, preschool or kindergarten, and they're away from the parents who then aren't the ones that are modeling the character Mm -hmm. to help shape them from the beginning. So this podcast, we began and we talked about America's heritage of Christian character. And you might be asking, well, why is it it America's heritage of Christian character and not, you know, England's or Britain's or anybody else's heritage of Christian character? That's not to say that in England parents weren't working on their children's character for certain they were but when the pilgrims came over to the american shores they had the bible with them they had it in their own language that they were speaking and they were rearing their children raising their children with character traits and this went on for generations and you know you've end up getting to the founding father era where they were brought up with character and we lead into that aspect in the next podcast when we talk about parental training and there's an example that we give about george washington so we have our heritage and we have it from you know the pilgrims and our founding fathers and just continuing on throughout history of america and that's why we have america's heritage mm-hmm And also, we can look at the example of the pilgrims, you know, our forefathers, our founding fathers. They had some pretty difficult times that Mm -hmm. they faced. We're facing our own challenging times, and we understand that, you know, there are situations in life which arise where both parents need to work or there's a single parent that needs to work. And so that's when we look at the biblical jurisdictions that God has laid out for um, for education. So ideally it would be the parent or parents that are home educating their children. And if, you know, they need help, then hopefully there would be family or there would be the church community that would support the parents in that endeavor or, you know, volunteer organization that's Christian that is giving a solid a biblical worldview education that can help out or you know tutors or you know a christian private school that's solid um and we know that that's expensive we also know that god provides and makes a way 
and that as we do our best to stay within the jurisdictions that he lays out and honor those, that that ends up blessing the family and also as a result, it ends up blessing the nation. Mm-hmm. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, and in the next episode, we're, we're going to talk about the question, whose responsibility is character formation? We'll see you next time. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com. Check out our shop and our blog. And you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles. Also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory. <laughs> <laughs>